Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Callan, one of the managing partners here at Callan Capital, coming to you with our quarter 2023 market and economic update podcast. I'm going to start off by saying that uh, there's a bit of a disconnect in the overall economy right now. Consumer sentiment remains incredibly low. It's lower than about 92% of the time in history, despite the fact that labor markets continue to be tight and unemployment continues to be low. So there's a bit of a disconnect going on right now. We're going to kind of talk about that among a number of other things. Let me start out by talking about the overall economy and GDP growth. We're continuing to add uh, GDP. The GDP is growing. In the first quarter, we had a year-over-year growth of about 2%. So it's a, it's a pretty weak growth. But nevertheless, the economy is growing, and there are no signs that we are in a recession currently although there will likely be a recession coming in uh, potentially 2024. The consumer remains the largest component of economic growth, making up 68% of GDP. And the fact that the labor markets are incredibly tight, people have jobs, they are still continuing to spend money, leads us to believe that the recession is being pushed out from our previous estimates earlier in the year. Uh, When we do have a recession, which we do anticipate one possibly early 2024, it is looking like it will be fairly mild. Reason being is the cyclical sectors in the economy, uh, none of them are overheating. So the cyclical sectors we look at are residential, business investment, light vehicle sales, and inventories. All are at fairly depressed levels. None appear to be overheating. So when we do enter into a recession, it will likely be low, although a lot and derail that and kick us into a major recession, namely uh, Fed raising rates too far, too fast. We'll get into that more in a moment. Uh, Transitioning over to labor markets, still incredibly tight, although not as tight as they were uh, a year ago. A year ago, March 2022, there's 12 million job openings. Now there's about 10 million job openings. There's only about 8 million workers to fill those jobs. So you can get an idea of how tight the labor markets are But nevertheless, things are starting to ease, which was part of the intent of what the Fed was uh, trying to accomplish with raising rates. May, we added about 340,000 jobs. Again, a bit of a surprise on the upside. We have a labor force participation rate, meaning the percentage of the the overall population that's in the labor force has has been declining over the last uh, couple of years mainly because folks over 55 years old have been exiting the labor force. And so at some point, we will have to increase immigration to keep up with the number of job openings. There's only two ways to keep up and add more laborers. That's having more babies, which is not happening in our country, or increasing legal immigration, which will likely come to fruition over the next decade or so. Now, the consumer uh, transitioning to consume, the consumer saved a lot of money during COVID. I mean, everything was shut down. There was a lot of fiscal stimulus being thrown at the consumer. So a lot of savings went went uh, into the bank, but the consumer is now spending that down. If you figure that 60% of the population lives paycheck to paycheck. So what ended up happening is all those savings came out and ended up being spent and it drove economic activity further than we thought uh, first half this year, credit card balances are now now starting to increase. So there are some potential problems with the consumer um, going forward at this at this um, at this rate. 
Now, in terms of of uh, spending by corporations, mid and, and and large corporations, generally, you know, when earnings start to drop, you start to see capital expenditures by corporations come down with it, and earnings are starting to slow. I mean, they 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 were up a little bit higher than we expected in the first half of the year. We're starting to see signs that earnings are going to be coming down in the second half of the year. So expect lower capital expenditure rates by companies, which again is going to be a further uh, slowdown of the economy going into the second half of the year. In addition, we saw a bit of a banking crisis first half of this year, and that banking crisis will likely lead to less availability of loans. If you think about the difference between small and large size banks, small small banks have a much larger allocation to commercial real estate lending than large banks do. And so you can expect that smaller banks are going to suffer a little bit more than larger banks. And you're also seeing a tremendous amount of cash leaving the bank system and moving over to short-term treasuries, CDs, et cetera, because the bank yields remain at almost zero levels, whereas you're starting to see folks searching for yield and going over to money markets, T-bills. So you have kind of two factors happening in the banking system, less money going in in general, uh, less lending going out on the back end. Again, further headwinds for the economy in the second half of the year. Good news is inflation has been coming down, thanks in part by the Fed's help. We just had uh, a headline number come out uh, for last month of 3%. But again, we want to see head, uh, the, the Fed is looking for inflation long-term target of about 2%. And as a result, we do expect them to raise interest rates again here in June coming into next week. A large part of the inflation number is shelter. And shelter, meaning rents and housing, is continuing to climb. And because of that, we do expect the Fed to come in and raise rates at least one more time and possibly two. Um, unemployment, as I mentioned, down to about uh, uh, a 3.7% unemployment rate, incredibly tight labor markets, but we are starting to see wage growth drop. So the Fed funds rate now is at uh, about 5 Two five percent, and again, we expect one more uh, rate hike in June. But the market is priced in. We have an inverted yield curve, meaning longer interest rates are lower than shorter interest rates, and we are expecting Fed to start to decrease interest rates in early 2024 as the economy slows and and the inflation numbers come closer to the two percent long term target. Transitioning over to the overall markets, and how does this impact? asset classes going forward. We had an amazing year for U.S. equities, particularly the S&P 500, up 17% coming into the first half of the year, far higher than anything we ever would have expected six months ago. Uh, There are parts of the economy or parts of the investment universe that aren't doing well. Commodities have, have fallen this year by about 8%. Commodities were the best performer last year. They were up 16%, but they've come down dramatically. And bonds remain about 2% for the first half of the year. We do expect bonds to pick up uh, going forward. Uh, Bond yields are now at at fairly attractive levels. You have, for example, municipal bonds kicking at a 6% taxable equivalent yield 
far higher than the 10-year average that they've had about 4%. So we do expect the bond component of the portfolio. We're very bullish on the bond uh, fixed income side of the portfolio with nice returns for the first time in well over a decade, thanks to increases in interest rates. Real estate, uh, there are some parts of real estate that are challenged and some parts that look fairly optimistic. One of the things that's a bit concerning is cap rate spreads have come way down. So we're at cap rates. It's the interest income that is derived from a piece of real estate divided by its value. And because the 10-year treasuries and cost of financing have come up fairly dramatically, you're starting to see cap rate spreads come down, meaning real estate in general is kicking out a lower cash yield relative to the borrowing costs. But the, the bright news is there are areas in real, residential, in, in real estate that do look pretty promising uh, in commercial. So for example, industrial is, is a very low vacancy rates, very hot market right now, and will likely continue to do quite well, whereas office remains very challenged. You have over 12% vacancy rates in office, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon with folks working more and more from home. Transitioning now to the stock market, the S&P 500 um, had, as I mentioned earlier, an amazing first half up 17%. The problem is, is that most of that was really driven by the top 10 names. And the top 10 names now represent 30%, 31% to be exact, of the total weight of the S&P 500, despite the fact that only 20% of the earnings of the S&P 500 come from those top 10 names. So what's happened is those names have become uh, very expensive. On average, they have a PE multiple of about 30 times earnings, whereas the remaining 490 stocks in the S&P 500 have about an 18 times PE multiple. The top 10 names in the S&P look extremely expensive going into the second half this year. Today, the market cap for publicly traded companies is all the way up into $35 trillion, um, way up from, from about $10 trillion in the early part of the 2000s. So much larger companies on average and much fewer companies on average are going pub public. And as a result, uh, you know, you to, investors have to look at private businesses because more and more companies are staying private for longer. And the dollar is has come down in the first half of this year, which has helped prop up international returns. We expect the dollar to continue long-term to continue to come down, maybe not short-term, but uh, the actual valuations outside the United States are incredibly attractive. But that's a, the recap for the uh, first and second half of 2023. We do expect econo the economy to slow going into the next year, but there are parts of the investment universe that look fairly attractive given the fundamentals. So thank you all very much, and we will talk again next quarter.